0: Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. One of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to all things cryptocurrency is my guest in this segment, uh, one of the leading authorities on this subject, Dan Roberts. Uh, you've known him. He's been a, a friend and a longtime um, recurring guest on the program for several years now, first with when he was with Yahoo Finance, and now he's with a company called The Crypt. Uh, their web, website is uh, decrypt.co. And uh, I, I consider it the premier website when it comes to all things cryptocurrency with content that's applicable to no, ma- no matter where you are in your understanding of cryptocurrency. Dan, i always glad to have you on the show. A little bit more about what you guys do and currently
1: doing. And uh, go ahead and mention your uh, website again. Oh, sure. Great to be back. Happy New Year, Kevin, to you and your listeners. Uh, well, we cover all the crypto news, as you said, every day, in and out, and there's a lot of it still. Uh, we also seek to help people understand this stuff. I mean, it's a, you know, it's sometimes an opaque industry that you know relies on technology that, in the big scheme of things, is still pretty new. So we cover breaking news regarding crypto, but we also try and do strong explanatory journalism. And what I'd add right now, as we kick off the new year, is like. You know, it was not a good year for crypto prices, 2022. It was a brutal year, but the same goes for stocks. I mean, it was the worst year for the stock market since 2008. Uh, it was a really bad year for the economy. And what I think is important that people understand is crypto is going to continue to exist. There are companies building tools and solutions, and there are even uh, new investments tur- turning into crypto still. So there's a lot of news for us to cover and explain, even uh, in a bear market.
0: Yeah, I think a good place to start would be FDX.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, this is a story that has captured mainstream fascination, I think, more than anything that has ever happened in crypto. I mean, I've been writing about Bitcoin since 2011, Kevin, and I've seen cycles come and go, bull markets, bear markets. I've seen uh, epic collapses of companies. You know, there was Silk Road, which got shut down by the feds and the, the kid who founded it went to prison for for a life sentence. Um, you know, we've seen Quadriga, that Canadian crypto company where the founder died under mysterious circumstances and no one else had the keys to the customer's funds. That was crazy. Uh, point being, there have been tons of high-profile crypto stories since, you know, 2009, but nothing like this. I think the FTX collapse and the alleged uh, criminal fraud by Sam Bankman-Fried has really become the biggest story in finance over the last, you know, month and a half. And it's going to continue to be. I mean, the latest is that Sam bankman fried is holed up in Palo Alto, California at his parents' house. Uh, They had a $250 million bail bond, although people should understand that that doesn't mean they actually had to pay that amount for him to avoid jail. They just had to put up some amount of collateral, and that included their $4 million house. And uh, he is expected to return to Manhattan this week to enter a not guilty plea. So we are going to see how this thing plays out. The latest, of course, is that two of his closest uh, executive peers from FTX and Alameda in the Bahamas both flipped on him, you know, uh, cut a deal, uh, pled guilty, and did not help his case. So, you know, it's yeah. going to continue to be kind of a, a circus in the news cycle of uh, almost of Elizabeth Holmes proportions, I think, fr- from Theranos.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it looks like. It's playing out. And by the way, that company used real money. Not, you know, for those who are saying this is a Bitcoin problem. Well, she was doing it with, uh, with you know, what what people seem to be comfortable with. It, it's not so much that the currency that is the issue, it's the behaviors that are the issues. And it can happen, be it with traditional money or with cryptocurrency. And I use that air, with the air quotes when I say real money, because that's what critics of crypto always you know, like to refer to. So I think that's a good point. Uh, the problems that are, are happening with uh, the crypto are happening ac- across the board. One of the things you said at the opening I found really interesting, and so it's definitely a truism, was the uh, you know the uh, op- 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 opaque behaviors by a lot of these crypto companies uh, there 's no co- doubt about it and, and at the same time um opaqueness was almost a founding principle <laughs> you know for crypto, crypto they wanted autonomy they wanted independence they didn 't want government scrutiny and uh, yet of course now everyone who's serious about crypto wants some uh scrutiny. Um, has that been part of the problem, do you think, the fact that uh, you know the, its founding principles were somewhat hostile to those type of things? Well,
1: you're right. I mean, in some ways, the founding principles were all about transparency of blockchain. That is, it's public, it's peer-to-peer, everyone can view the blockchain and see the record of transactions. On the other hand, uh, purists and kind of crypto OGs who've been in this since the beginning, many of them libertarian types, they didn't want transparency on the regulation side. They wanted it to be outside government control. They liked Bitcoin because it was decentralized, no middleman, no controlling party. You know, as people like to say, there's no bank of Bitcoin. Uh, it, there's a, a funny kind of recurring joke people make on Twitter when there's some kind of problem with a crypto exchange or company. They say, I demand to speak to the CEO of Bitcoin you because know, there is no CEO. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so now there is an irony in the fact that in the collapse of FTX, some of the people who've lost a lot of money are demanding that the government help them. And they're trying to say, you know, help us get our funds back. Well, wait a minute. You know, the point of crypto was that it's outside government control. Now, the key thing people should understand, though, is that FTX was a centralized exchange. You know, FTX never claimed to be decentralized. So in some ways, you know, the whole crypto world, you really have two halves of it. Um, and they're not equal either by any means, but there are projects and protocols and chains and networks that are decentralized where code is law and there's no one to complain to and help you get your funds back. If you lose them, buyer beware, you take a risk, but that's, you know, pure crypto decentralized. Then there are companies like FTX, Coinbase, Binance, Gemini, um, digital currency group, Genesis. These are centralized players that have executives and a C-suite and Coinbase is publicly traded. And these companies don't claim to be decentralized. And that's the type of company that FTX was. So some people who put their money on that exchange were trusting it because it basically looks like a bank of crypto. But of course, as we see, and as you said, it's not you know exclusive to the crypto industry, Any centralized company can, on the back end, be a bad actor and potentially committing alleged fraud behind the scenes. So what people should walk away from this is uh, thinking that if you want to get into crypto, fine, but you better be careful where you hold your crypto. You can entrust a company to do it, but then you're trusting that company, or you can try and learn the ways to keep your crypto on your own.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, which that's proven to be scary as well.
1: Yeah, it can be intimidating, you know, but um, we've seen a huge boom in sales of what are called hardware wallets, which are just basically fobs that you can plug into your laptop, and the keys to your crypto are on that fob. That's if you say, I'm set up, I'm not going to leave my crypto holdings deposited on a centralized exchange that might be a bad actor.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Because unfortunately, it's still early enough when you're not going to find out if they are a bad actor until they behave badly.
1: Right. Now, look, let's make sure we mention here. I mean, Coinbase has kind of used the FTX collapse as a savvy, I think, marketing opportunity to say we don't lend out customer funds like FTX was doing. We hold all customer assets one-to-one. We are publicly traded and regulated in the U.S. And we're the most trusted, secure place. And just because Mm -hmm. FTX, it turned out, was allegedly committing all kinds of fraud and had a backdoor to its other company doesn't mean that centralized exchanges are all going to go away. I've written about that. This is not the end of centralized exchanges. For most regular folks, uh, it's better for them to just trust a centralized exchange. So I think Coinbase is going to benefit from this
0: period. Yeah. Well that leads it leads to a good point. And I I'm I'm you know, I'm asking push questions. You you know, I, I tend to do that. Uh and I think I'm asking a lot of the questions that um people who are thinking about investing in Bitcoin are are uh, asking. Um it seems to me that if you're going to invest in Bitcoin, which I I am not a throw the baby out with a bathwater uh, viewer of this. They need to just have some nuance and thought to come up with strategies that make sense. What would those look like? Now, so I, I think a lot of people look at FTX and are going to paint with a broad br- brush when they look at all of those central type exchanges, which I think is foolish on their part. What are the questions they should be asking when they look at these?
1: Right. And by the way, not only are people going to paint with a broad brush and view all centralized exchanges as bad. Many people understandably are um, viewing all of crypto as bad because of this. They, they see the FTX mm-hmm. story, and despite all our efforts to sort of educate, they just conclude, Oh, I knew crypto was always a fraud and a scam. Well, no, not crypto, this one company. Um, so, what should they do? I mean, you can, if you've decided that you believe you should own a little crypto because eventually it, it might go up in value. You can choose to trust a company to custody your crypto. That's what it means when you just buy some on an exchange and leave it there, is that they're in charge of holding your crypto for you. And there are a few options for that, you know. You also think that if more regulation is coming, it's going to be a lot harder for a company to be quite as flagrantly bad, allegedly, as FTX was, right? I mean, if politicians are going to do more than just talk about this, then there are going to be more rules of the road, and that makes some people feel safer. The other option is to buy a little Bitcoin on an exchange and then send it somewhere else to one of these wallets where you control the keys. They make them pretty easy now. You know, you buy one, and it comes with a little insert, and it says, "Here, here's your passphrase. That's 12 words. And it says, write it down somewhere, store it, put it in a lockbox, take a photo of it, something, but don't store it online where someone could get it, you know, or it could leak. And then you simply send your Bitcoin from the exchange to the address of your hardware wallet, which might sound probably pretty intimidating to people, but it's a pretty easy step-by-step process.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming uh, the uh, listener would be able to find some of that over there at decrypt.co.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yep. We have all kinds of uh, walkthroughs. I've actually done a, a fun video on how to send Bitcoin to a hardware wallet. But, you know, look, uh, the other thing I want to say here, because it, it bears mentioning, I think there are a lot of people who hear that and they say, this just sounds ridiculous to me. Wait a minute. It's supposed to be digital money, but you're telling me that the safest way to not lose it is to send it to a, a physical device and write down my password somewhere offline. And I understand why that sounds kind of crazy, right? And and so remember, this industry is still very early. It needs to get more user-friendly, and it's going to. And people are building better solutions but it is certainly still not yet simple and easy for a regular person to just jump in. And that's why centralized exchanges are good for those folks. They're not going to go away. The easiest thing for someone who doesn't see themselves as tech savvy is to just buy some Bitcoin on Coinbase and leave it in your Coinbase account.
0: Yeah, makes perfect sense. Final thoughts, uh, particularly about those like Sam, uh, Sam bigman Fried and those directly involved with FTX. Final thoughts. You want to make any predictions?
1: Well, there were two major collapses in 2022 of um, crypto projects. There was Terra in May, which was much more of a wonky technical crypto thing. That was a stable coin. And then there was FTX in November. And I guess what I hope will come out of both of those is that FTX was so major, prominent in size, in scope, in media attention that that'll be the end of projects and companies being able to get to that size without anyone seeing into their books on the back end, without any oversight. You know, that shouldn't be allowed to happen again. And I'm optimistic that, um, you know, this high profile of a failure will be positive for the industry as a whole.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, those people who ended up following it, you know, I, I blame the company, of course but they were offering a lot of too-good-to-be-true things uh, when it came to the loaning of of, uh, people's monies and and those kind of exchanges and loaning Bitcoin. That good-to-be-true and proves to be be too-good-to-be-true.
1: Yeah, I I think that's right. I mean, by the way, as we keep saying, there are also non-crypto unicorn tech startups that show similar trends. They get so big so quick. They have inflated valuations. And you say, wait a minute, this company has only been around two or three years. How could it have a $32 billion valuation? And in many ways, it's because they just kept raising money, kept raising money. So buyer beware in lots of different industries. I mean, we've seen this happen in the EV, electric vehicle space. This is not just crypto. Three years ago,
0: maybe maybe not that long even, I couldn't go a week without two or three prospects interviews about, you know, using essentially shells to bring a company to, uh, you know, to be in public, and, you know, within a year after that, uh, those things were, were falling like flies. Uh, I mean, they, they were a disaster. Um, the process of bringing a company to public requires a lot of work, a lot of transparency, um and you know spec became a shortcut and uh, the loser often the investor of that and I don't, I don't know if any of them had to do with cryptocurrency <laughs> you know they were all over the place and so again it really comes down to buyer beware and really a sober attitude about your matter what it is
1: yep exactly right and uh yeah those blank checks specs. i mean that's another point that there's always kind of new momentary trends in finance and markets. Uh, Bitcoin's been around 13 years now. So I know that's still new-ish in the big scheme things, but it's, it's not nothing. And, you know, people have said during this time that even as FTX collapsed, Bitcoin continues to trade and do what it's supposed to,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I always look forward to our next uh, interview. Dan Roberts, you know him. From the I'm your host, Kevin Price. More for you after this.